Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Hey friends, if you are looking for ad-free Sense of Soul episodes, you can find them at Sense of Soul Patreon. Become a monthly member at any level. You will also have access to our monthly SOS Sacred Circles, our mini-series, merch, and much more. And it's a great way to help support our podcast so that we can continue to bring you inspiring episodes twice a week with our enlightened guests from all around the world. Check out our Patreon. Today, we have with us an Out of This World episode with Monet Florence Combs. She's a quantum healer who works with starseeds and helps them recover their memories from their lives off of the earth through hypnosis so they can heal at the soul level. She is also the podcast host of the Star Awakening podcast, where she shares recordings of her private practice hypnosis sessions. And although this conversation is sure to be very galactic, I find Monet to be very down to earth. So welcome, Monet. Hi. Hello. How pretty are you? Is your hair oh, thank blue you. or purple? It's blue. It's like a royal blue. I'm loving it. Where do you live? I'm in Texas. I'm like kind of near Austin. I love Austin. I, yeah, I Austin's just... fun. Where are you originally from? I'm from San Diego. No, I mean originally. Originally. Oh, like what star <laughs> system am I from? <laughs> I'm Lyran. I'm from the constellation of Lyra, in case you wanted to know. <laughs> I do. How many kids do you have? I have two. So, you know, do you feel like there's been this growth in the generations when it comes to star seeds, like returning to the earth? Yes, definitely. There are a lot of star children here right now. Yeah. My daughter is a star seed. My son, I still haven't figured out yet, but like I know that I shared a past life with my daughter. And there's a lot of kind of like typical starseed traits in children. And I actually, a lot of my clients are moms and they end up somehow finding me because these interesting things come up for their kids and they're like, what is going on <laughs> here? And then they find out that their, their child is actually from somewhere else as a very like high frequency being basically smushed into this little body. And so they're experiencing some, you know, issues in this lifetime from my new eyes, knowing a little bit more, I feel like we're all star seeds. We all mm -hmm. started from somewhere else and learned recently about the root races. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, I'd like to go back and start there, especially since you said that that is one of your favorite topics, like the history of yeah. these galactic root races. Yeah, is that what you absolutely. would call them or like the founding races? Um, I would call them like the major galactic civilizations. So let me backtrack a little bit. I'll tell you a little bit about kind of what a starseed is, like who the people mm -hmm. are here that are starseeds. Okay. Um, so like you said, you know, we're all really starseeds. Most of our souls have lived many, 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 many lives. You know, the different star systems are very old and, and, but there's some of us who have kind of naturally come here. Right. So maybe they started out in Lyra, they were in Orion or something, and then eventually kind of worked their way here to Earth, right, in a natural sense over time. Right. And they're just kind of working through the different karma through these different star systems. And then there are the star seeds, which is usually the people that I'm like my audience, for example, who are more like volunteers. They're like transplants, basically. So they haven't had many lifetimes on Earth, if any. 
these are kind of the really high frequency souls who have come, you know, maybe they work with the Federation or something and they're, they're volunteering to come here to help with the consciousness shift on our planet. And so those are the ones I'm usually speaking to because we're the ones that kind of have the most issues in this life because this is our first go around on earth. Earth is not the easiest planet to be accustomed to. So those are kind of the two differences that I think of as far as star seeds go. So can we clarify like what those general star seed names are? It's like the crystal children, the diamond children. Oh, sure. Yeah. Goes, stuff like that. And then when you hear something like Syrians or Palladians hmm. or Illyrians. Sure. Yeah. I actually don't think of things in the term of like crystal children, rainbow children, indigo children. Maybe I'll offend some people, but <laughs> I think of that as more no. like a human construct, maybe, or a human label that we put on them. I think it's more interesting to think about the actual galactic civilizations that people have come through. So for example, we talked about the kind of root race, that would be the Lyrans. So the Lyrans were the very root race here in our galaxy. And from Lyra, there was a big war with the Draconians, which I was involved in in a past life, which was <laughs> how I ended up uh, making this my world when I discovered this about myself. And from there, they either split off. There's kind of like two lineages that formed from Lyra, basically from all the refugees who came from this war. So some went to the Pleiades, some went to Vega and kind of split off from there. There's a whole kind of galactic family tree um, as far as where everybody went to. Each civilization kind of developed its own characteristics, its own, you know, schools of mysticism, its own, and, and went through its own awakening too, right? All of these civilizations are awakened civilizations now. Earth were kind of the last ones to join the party. <laughs> they are now helping us with this kind of awakening shift here by incarnating as starseeds because we kind of need to hurry it along. Otherwise, we're going to blow ourselves up or something. <laughs> you said when this became your world, yeah. was this channeled? Were you in hypnosis? Were you meeting with someone with Akashic Records? Like, How did this become your world? Yes. Well, I'll start out by saying I was always very spiritual. I actually grew up going to this church for lack of a better term temple uh, that was had a Hindu influence it was non-sectarian so I learned how to meditate when I was a little kid you know we we're opening our third eye and Sunday school it was like very kind of unconventional <laughs> be like all these um, little kids that's amazing I need to yeah. send my daughter there <laughs> right you know it's called the self-realization fellowship uh founded by Paramahansa Yogananda he's he wrote autobiography of a yogi uh, which is a pretty popular book. So anyway, yeah, he he founded this temple in the hopes of spreading meditation to the West. So I went there. I was very lucky. I didn't have any kind of spiritual baggage or there wasn't really a big spiritual awakening for me because I was always awake. But then I had this crazy, insane starseed awakening. So I ended up, I was a doula, then I became a life coach. And then I had this realization that I was meant to be a healer. And so I knew I was supposed to find a modality. I didn't know what modality it was going to be. That's when quantum hypnosis fell into my lap. It's the same modality that Dolores Cannon pioneered. That just kind of came to me. I was really connected with my guides at the time. And I just knew like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So I became a quantum healer. You know, I was integrating that with my life coaching clients and it was great and amazing. But then I was like, well, I better do a session for myself because, you know, I should know what I'm what other people are experiencing 
And so I went into it with this intention that I wanted to know kind of like why I had always felt so sensitive in this world, why I struggled so much physically, emotionally, mentally, why I had all these very specific challenges. And so what happened was I relived this entire experience through hypnosis of being Lyran, experiencing this war. It was basically the aftermath of the attack on our planet from the Draconians. And I had been on the Federation at the time. I was kind of involved in like peace relations. And I felt very responsible for this attack because I had known they were going to attack us. I couldn't convince the rest of the Federation that we shouldn't strike up this treaty with them. And then they did anyway. And so I was able to flee. I was able to get some other people to flee to a different planet. And then, yeah, it was just, it was very, the way that these hypnosis sessions work, it's not just like you're watching a movie or something. It's like you're experiencing the whole thing. And so for two and a half hours, I just, I sobbed and grieved and all of this stuff came up and it was like, it was like I was there again and reliving the whole thing. And it was very, very oh, intense. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. I did a past life regression with my daughter and uh-huh. it was so intense that I, I felt like I should have brought her out of it at one point because mm. she was like hyperventilating, shaking, oh. and crying. Yeah. And couldn't breathe. Uh-huh. But something told me not to, to just, you know, let her sit with it for a minute. Yeah. Um, but it was intense. So is that kind of how you felt? Like, did you remember it? Like, could you? Oh, yeah. It was really interesting. I actually kind of, this happens with some of my clients, but this is what happened to me was there. I kind of ended up channeling my past self about halfway through the session. It was like a switch flipped. My voice changes, gets a little bit lower. I start speaking in terms that I wouldn't normally speak. And I just became this Lyran male and basically I had to go back. I had to go try to make it right. I had to try to fix the situation. Interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious. What was this big war about? Yeah. I picture like these galactic star seeds as being all peaceful and shit. Clearly they have <laughs> right. <some> issues too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And this was during a tumultuous time when the species was younger you know, because each civilization goes through their own awakening, just like Earth, which is always interesting because we always think of them as highly evolved and all of that. But after this happened, I was like, did I make this up? I know I didn't make this up. Like this felt so, so real. I can't make this shit up like seriously. <laughs> and so I was Googling and then I found there's this amazing galactic Akashic Records reader named Debbie Solaris. I found her website and there it was the whole write up of that war and that attack using literally the same words that I used in my session. And I was just like, oh my God, (laughs) I didn't make it up. (laughs) Have you ever heard of the song of Lyra? Have you ever, have have you ever heard that? In the original Anahazi language, they Uh brought it here. It's beautiful. It's like Maharate Kumbai Vectus. So this is part of one of the courses that I'm taking literally the kind of energetic signature and personality of the Lyran people as a race. It's like, it's always easy for me to tell if I'm talking with somebody who's Lyran because it's like very strong, very sturdy. The energy is, you know, they were the original kind of colonizers of the galaxy. You know, I see a lot of, as far as human design goes, 
a lot of times they're going to be the manifestors, you know, the manifesting generates, they're, you know, they take the initiative, they're able to create big things in their life. And that's kind of this Lyran tendency, but the kind of shadow side of that is that um, sometimes they push the envelope too far or they neglect their spiritual side because they're so action oriented. And it's kind of this like lion energy and personality. Just recently, I was going back and and looking at frequency in the Bible because of Sophia and Solomon. Mm -hmm. And I had discovered that King David had a liar. Do you know the story of the liar? I don't think I do. No. This is so crazy. I mean, nobody does. No one ever talks about this shit. And if they do, they don't get like the allegory that's within the, the story. Yeah. Yeah. So David, when he was just like a shepherd boy, he would play like this instrument. It was like harp, but it was called the lyre is what yeah. they called it. Mm-hmm. And in the lyre goes all the way back, even to stories of like Zeus and Hermes. Mm-hmm. And there's even a lyre of your, mm. and so when he would play it, it was very healing. And so King Saul actually had him come and live with him. And whenever King Saul felt bad or felt he was possessed, he would have David play the liar. And this is before David killed Goliath or any of the things. And it would create like this field around Saul, some sort of protection. Mm-hmm. And also it would rid him from all negative energies, you know, specifically it would talk about demons and stuff like that, leaving his body. So I was looking into the liar and I see that it's frequency and stuff is compared to like solfagio. Yeah that divine energy, that healing energy that probably you work with. Right. Mm -hmm. So then I'm like, is there a connection between Lyre and Lyra? And sure. Fuck there was. Absolutely. (laughs) I was like, Oh my Lord. So this is totally something that they gifted the earth. And you wonder how many things there is like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's so much galactic symbolism in earth life here. I mean, I, I think of a lot of things, even in like popular culture, you know, there's so many blueprints that people have kind of channeled that are actually based on elements of galactic history. So for example, Star Wars, that's based on Orion. And, you know, it's like people can channel these things from the collective unconscious or from a being and, you know, they might not even realize it, right? Because a lot of contact happens, for example, in dream time. Yeah. So it's very interesting. Even like Star Trek, it's the Galactic Federation, like, you know, and it's all these things that will kind of help us when we do join the galactic community, which is inevitable and also, you know, going to happen sometime in the century. Uh, you know, then it's like we have these blueprints that we can go back and reference and be like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, like this. Oh, yeah, like this thing. Oh, I get it. You know, it's not so completely foreign. I love your Instagram. It reminds me of how I think it's like you really truly have like this spiritual, intuitive side that you trust, but you always have some sort of like science or something Mm -hmm. that people can tangibly know and understand to back you up. And yes. I appreciate that. And that's how I feel that we're able to reach people that I mean, oh, absolutely. people just go around talking about, you know, these things and using the kind of language that your neighbor ain't going to ever understand. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, actually, I was going to say earlier, I mean, Shanna has known my husband since I was 22. He's very corporate America. You know, mm-hmm. he's very number driven. He's very science based. Dolores Cannon is the first and only person that has ever cracked him open to kind oh, of wow. come out of the box. 
Yeah. There was something about her that reached him with mm. the three waves and it just resonated with him. I mean, if I brought him into, cause I'm podcasting in my fucking closet right now because my <laughs> dogs were barking. If I brought him in here right now, he would say out of all the shit I make him listen to, that was the <laughs> one thing that really resonated with his soul. So again, to Shanna's point, just that science is so important, you know, for people like him, the two are getting married. I mean, we've been doing this three years podcasting and and that's the one thing we're seeing is that shift with science and spirituality. Yeah, Yeah. this has been on my mind for like the past two days in particular a lot because I'm reading this book. I'm going to mess up his name. I don't have it with me. It's Michio. We're all about fucking messing up names and words and shit. Just join the club. He's an American physicist. He's one of the founders of string theory. And I'm reading this book because I saw a TikTok about him talking about the future of humanity and space and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's like driving me crazy (laughs) because, you know, he's brilliant, but it's like if science and spirituality would speak to each other, It would solve so many problems because he's talking about how we need to like connect with the ETs and like go out there and do all this stuff and go out into space. I'm like, I literally go out into space every single day from my office. Like (laughs) I bring people to space. I bring people to these civilizations. And it's like, but the scientific community will not accept that or they don't want to or something. It just drives me nuts. It's like the science is there. You want to know what absolutely blows my mind the most about it? People are so science-based. They have to see something to believe it. Yet everyone believes in this fucking bearded God up in heaven that they've never (laughs) fucking seen that they've been told to believe in through Christianity. Right. Yep. That doesn't make any sense. Right. I mean, I get it, but you want to know what Um, science is catching up. I mean, look at the pictures they just took of the galaxy. Mm -hmm. It's really helping us as a people to start opening our minds to the idea of life you know, other civilizations out there. It's working in our favor because contact is imminent, but we have to kind of catch up on our side and be open to that. One of the things that I had saw recently was, you know, like, I think it's called the Iron Cross, which is like mostly represented on like the Knights of Templar or like Mm -hmm. England. But that original symbol is actually from the Anunnaki. Right. Mm. And so, I mean, this is way before Christ. Right. So mm-hmm. amazing. Cause I think most people thought since the Knights of Templar, their purpose was to bring Christians over to the Holy land. But now, you, you know, I'm like blown away. I'm like, Oh my God, this goes back to, you know, a root race, the Anunnaki's yeah. are they Lyrans? They're actually not connected to Lyrans so much. They are okay. Syrian. I actually just had a session with a client who was Anunnaki a very, 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 very long time ago because her galactic lineage is mainly Syrian. Um, So the Syrians were highly involved in earth over since earth's, you know, inception and seeding. And so there's different sub civilizations within Sirius. But if you think of, for example, like the pyramids, ancient Egypt, Sumer, Maya, all of these kind of older civilizations that have pyramids, things like that. That is from the Syrians. So the Syrians were here helping out. And if you think of like Ra, he's Syrian as well. All the Egyptian gods, those are depictions of Syrians. Syrians are a very ancient civilization, but they've always had a hand in earth. Earth has been very important to them. And so they have come here on and off. For example, this one client that I just had, she was viewing a lifetime for where she went to earth in Sumer 
you know, that she's teaching them how to build temples and pyramids and things like that. And this is the funniest thing is she's like exploring this temple in this regression and she sees a big portrait of herself on the wall that the earthlings had made because they were worshiping her as a Syrian because to them they were almost godlike. So that's where a lot of these legends come from. Wow. So do you believe that the Anahazi is then the Lyrans? Because that's what this class says that we're in the four corners here in our state mm. um, nearby. And so that's the language that I was talking about. You learn to do all of your invocations and all of your activations. And when a lot of the language that you're speaking of, it comes from Pleiadian because the Pleiadians have also had a lot of contact with earth as well. So some of the languages here on earth are based off of this Pleiadian language. Okay. So I got to jump in and ask. Yeah. You know, just for like some listeners or whatnot. How do you know Pleiadians have had contact with earth? The one thing that I love about you that I struggle with is self-trust. Mm. Knowing the knowing. Yeah. And trusting the knowing. Because some people might think we're fucking crazy. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So let's break this shit down. So, I mean, how do you know the Pleiadians had contact with Earth? Let's go there. Yeah. The way that I have learned a lot of what I know has been a mixture of things. Some of it has been what I've encountered in sessions. You know, for me, it's like when I don't necessarily believe something until I see it or I encounter it from a very, very trusted source. I mean, in this space, you have to have discernment. You have to. Because... Literally anybody can go live on Instagram and say, I'm channeling the Pleiadian Council of Nine or whatever, (laughs) and just make up a bunch of shit. So true. And if there's anyone that's taught me discernment, it's Shanna. That's like one word. She has always taught everyone we know. It's discernment. You can Google your ass off. You can look at books, but you got to listen to your soul. Absolutely. Um, So I have a very, very, very small, small circle of outside trusted sources, right? Like there's a galactic channeler who I really, really respect. Any listeners who are interested in the subject, she's amazing. Her name's Lisa Royal Holt. I've done workshops with her. You know, she's channeled Pleiadians, for example, and written books about it. And she's very talented. You know, Debbie Solaris is another one. Dolores Cannon. Really outside of that, I keep any other information that I get comes from my sessions. So it's like if I encounter something in a session and then it's like, okay. And then it always ends up confirming something that I already knew. And that's always the coolest part where it's like some of it is intuitive information. Like I'm getting intuitive hits as I am doing these sessions. And some of it is coming straight from the client's mouth, you know, being able to tell like, oh yeah, Syrian. Oh yeah. Pleading, oh yeah, Lyran, and piecing all of it together. So really discernment and not just listening to anybody who says they know a bunch of shit <laughs> because uh, that's, yeah. I feel like that's how, I, I don't know. I feel like that is, it, it damages the credibility of this yeah. field. Well, what's, what's interesting right now is, you know, humans, we love quizzes. We love star mm-hmm. quizzes, especially oh, yeah. like that was probably one of our most interactive like social media posts, like figure out what star seed you are. And it's like yeah. fucking five questions to figure out which one you are. Yeah. Or like yeah. me, I like to compare like my fi- my high forehead and my facial structure to figure out like which star seed I most look alike or, mm. you know, but it's so much deeper than that. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and that's the, that's the maddening thing too. Right. When I kind of got into this world was, um, you know, you Google stuff and you're just like, 
what, what, (laughs) like, it's just a mess and there's so much conflicting material. So that's why I feel like it's like kind of staying in your lane and really being in touch with your intuition is so, 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 so important. Like I got down a rabbit hole when I first learned about this stuff where I was, you know, watching like somebody on YouTube and they're talking about all this stuff, you know? And then like, I had this realization that like, oh my God, this is like all bullshit. (laughs) Like this is all bullshit. And I had to just be like, nope, I am just, I'm staying in my own bubble and really connecting with myself and what resonates with me. And if there's a tinge of fear with it, you know, or, you know, I see a lot of people who are trying to like commodify the human fear, you know, so it's like, let's talk about the dark agenda and then pay this amount of money to come and I'll, you know, do my thing. And then I'll get rid of this thing for, you know, it's just, yeah. Somebody is trying to scare you into buying from them. Run. Oh my gosh, so great. <laughs> it's true. I feel like for myself, I wanted to hear other people's opinions say about like Sophia, since that's been a big part of my journey. Mm-hmm. And then I'm listening to people sometimes and I'm like, where did they get that information? All of my experiences from Sophia are much like yours, either literally from dreams, my own intuition, my own guidance or actual scriptures. Yeah. You know, and I try to even stay away from any new information. Like all of the things that I reference Mm -hmm. usually are like ancient writings or very old text. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or even, you know, authors from like the 17th and 18th centuries and stuff who took risks to put their shit out there. Oh like, yeah. I have absolutely. some of the most validating stuff that I have found. I'm like, holy crap. Like the craziest thing is that a lot of these teachings that you are, you know, finding now are just copies of ancient mystery school teachings, mm-hmm. like almost identical. Some of the wording and terminology may be different, but I'm serious. Like people should research what they're practicing and studying because they might find that it's connected to, you know, the Rosicrucians or, you know, a lot of it I think is very Gnostic, but, you know, it's not so far out there as people think like this is stuff that is very old. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think it's a big leap to, I was reading how it's like, there are, I'm going to mess this up. It's like 1 billion trillion, like planets out there that could support life in our universe. Like that's what um, this physicist I was reading about. And it's just like, guys, (laughs) when your mind, because I don't think everything is, you know, how we're taught to think about it. There was about a two year rabbit hole that I went down. I've I've shared this before on our podcast where I feel like I literally ignored my family because I just couldn't get my freaking head to come out of my like crown chakra, you know, especially after you have a near-death experience and you've experienced like this other energy, it's Mm -hmm. really hard to live on earth. It felt very comforting, but it also was taking away from me being a mother and a wife and a friend and a daughter, because I just want to live in that space all the time. You know, how does one create that balance? And at the same time, how does one like come to you and how do you help me to connect this galactic family that can in turn help me to live on this fucking earth? Yes, 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 yes. Um, I will tell you that that's a journey that I have gone through myself. You know, part of what my past self told me during the session was that I needed to learn how to ground to this planet because it was like I had one foot somewhere else and one foot here 
completely subconsciously, not even realizing it. I just, I didn't know where my other foot was, but (laughs) at the time there was so much dissonance in my life because I didn't want to be here. And I knew that subconsciously. And so that's kind of where I guess the coaching comes in is helping people, you know, integrate this stuff. It's like, once you find out, you meet your soul family, you have that emotional connection with them and it's life-changing. And then it's like, okay, now what? Now we have to integrate that into your current life because you're here for a reason. You volunteered to come here to help earth. And so it's like, now you have to kind of relearn how to fall in love with your life here in this physical incarnation on earth. That's how you can make the biggest impact is by finding that groundedness. We're here to spread our light and our frequency And if we're here and we're like, fuck, I just, when is the spaceship coming to take me away? I'm done. I'm out. (laughs) You know, that's like, you're, you're missing the whole point of this experience that you chose. Some of it is, is really cutting out the stuff in your life that is bringing you down that, that is kind of keeping you unhappy and, Mm -hmm. and really learning how to be more intentional and keep that connection open with your star family. Right. Because once you open up that connection, it's like you want to you want to keep it open in a way where you don't feel like you have to escape all the time. It's just you have that connection with yeah. them and you can call on them when you need them. And then you don't feel so alone on this planet. Mm. I, I like what you said about integrating it because mm-hmm. it, it is it's like I, I'm kind of a one foot in is very uncomfortable for me. So I'm like a go mm-hmm. all in. But then mm-hmm. the all in is uncomfortable for me, too. So I want to put one foot back. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because otherwise it, it feels more balanced for me to have one foot in and one foot out. So that way I can stay in that world. And then in this earthly world at the same time, mm-hmm. it, it, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of think of it like your feet are rooted to this earth, but your crown is open to these other, your past, your future, all these mm-hmm. other fractals of yourself that you can also continue to connect with. So it yeah. doesn't have to be all or nothing. Cause I think as yeah. humans, our brains are all about black and white thinking all or nothing. It's like, I have to be here or I have to be there. I can't have this in between, but it's like, no, you can, you actually can. Mm. And that's where you can find balance in your life. I like that. You know what, when you talk about star family, that to me is just calling on like angels, your angels. Mm. I don't see a big difference between angels and aliens, um, star Mm. seeds. How do you feel? What do you think about that? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think of that angels really are, aliens essentially well We're and i'm all... not talking about like spirits like someone <laughs> yeah, passing yeah. i'm talking about like archangels or yeah. some sort of, I think of it a little i think of it a little bit differently so i have people call on their cosmic family so that can be your angels your guides your higher self your future self that is somewhere else your past self that is somewhere else all these different kind of fractals of your soul i think mm. are a little bit different than external guides who might be like an angel or like your guide that you chose before incarnating, for example, that might yeah. be a star person, but they're they're not like your soul group that you incarnate with mm. or the civilization that you descended from. Okay. Do you believe that we're from, that we can have different incarnates through different uh, root races? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. That we probably have. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think of it as like our soul is kind of a soul braid. That term came from Lisa Royal Holt. I did a workshop with her. It's like a soul braid between all these kind of different civilizations. So for example, I'm Lyran, but I lived in the Pleiades as well, you know, because it's like, you don't just have one incarnation and then you come to earth. It's like your soul does a whole bunch of stuff before coming here. So when you say fractal, you know, I think Mm -hmm. uh, for some reason, quantum entanglement came to my mind or quantum Mm -hmm. physics. So, you know, I was thinking like, am I actually whole right now? Like, am I whole Mm. soul right now? Or are there other pieces of my soul floating around in other, you know, places that I've been? And then to add another twist on it, you know, someone like me who's had near-death experiences, you know, a lot of times they believe like, I I know my soul left my body two of those times. Mm -hmm. And like shamans believe that you can do soul retrieval and you should do soul retrieval to be whole. So am I whole? Do I need to call back my soul or am my soul supposed to be there? Or is it acting like quantum physics where it's just me being whole, but in another place at the same time? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So let me, let me try to explain this in a way that I don't confuse people. So here's the way I think of it. So if we are always whole, we are always a fractal of source. We are always, always whole. We are never lacking any part of our soul. That's what I believe at least. But we also have fractals of our soul elsewhere because all of time is happening in one moment, right? So it's like, I'm able to contact my past self, which is also me, right? Even though it's 50 million years ago, (laughs) because all of time is happening at once. This whole quantum realm is all one thing. We're able to kind of go in and out and access information from anywhere. Like that's how quantum hypnosis works. And I've met my future self as well. She visited me in a journey one time and I have a parallel self as well, who is a Lyran on a ship right now who is helping in the Federation. (laughs) We're all, we're all me and we're all one too. Cause we're all, I mean, each one of us is a fractal source. So we're all source also. So it's kind of like everything and all at the same time. And yes. (laughs) In your bios, there was two things that caught my attention. One was that you've witnessed a lot of miracles through your work. I would love Mm. to give our audience some tangible examples. Mm. And then also you call yourself an invisible illness illness Mm -hmm. warrior. Yeah. Okay. So I mentioned how I experienced a lot of issues in this lifetime physically, which I learned was because of my, basically what my past self told me was like, I have this high frequency soul in this, you know, little earth body. And there's so much, it's like, it wasn't supposed to be that way. It was like a dissonance there that caused a lot of problems for me. And so I was always really sick as a kid. I've dealt with a lot of issues. Nobody could ever figure out why. I'm like literally allergic to gravity (laughs) where it's like when I stand up, I have, it's called POTS, if anybody's heard of it, where it's being upright, like my body doesn't like it. And I like my, I might faint for example, or things like that. Just like weird, 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 random health problems that seem to like not make any sense. Nobody could figure it oh, out. That we've had them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nobody could really figure out why it got really bad when I was a doula. I couldn't do it anymore. I was completely debilitated. I was in a wheelchair for a long time. It was like, I wasn't, I could not figure out what was going on with me. Nobody could help me. And so then I find this out in my session 
And the interesting thing was like my past self kept showing me this visualization was doing this body scan thing with me, showing me this visualization of this blue light coming on like the back of my head. And I could feel it. It was like I, I could, it felt really good, like a tingly energy. And they were doing some sort of thing to the back of my head. And I was like, I don't understand what this is about <laughs> or what's going on here, but I could tell like this was a big part, a big clue to what was going on. And so it took me a couple of years, but then my guide led me to get, it's called a doth piercing, which is it's like a piercing you can get in your ear and it's supposed to help people who have high intracranial pressure, which is one thing that I have because it helps modulate your vagus nerve. And so wow. then I get this piercing because I'm like, I knew that my guide had like given me that information to do that. It actually makes me much worse, aggravates me. And I'm like, what is going on here? I ended up figuring out that I actually had a vagus nerve compression mm-hmm. in my skull right at that spot that my guide had showed me that was causing all of these problems. It was a long story, but I ended up flying out to Florida. They diagnosed me. They're like, they finally figured out everything that was wrong with me. They're like, your vagus nerve is 50% atrophied. If I hadn't caught this, I would have just had pure autonomic failure eventually. I finally, it was like, here, here's everything that's wrong with you. And you would have died, but now you're not. And your prognosis is good and we have a cure for you. And now I'm like recovering from that. I'm My health is improving a lot. And it's just things like that. For me, it's like when you're in touch with your guides, you are connected to these entities that are here to support you and love you and carry you through this life. When you open up that connection, that's when like the miracles just start flowing. It's like, I'm not just alone on this little planet here like helpless. We are infinitely loved and supported by our cosmic family. Everything you just said makes so much sense because, you know, after my, my near death experience, it was like everything about me shifted and there was all these weird illnesses and Shannon was experiencing the same thing. Like we had ringing in our ears. We were diagnosed fibromyalgia. You know, you said something at the very beginning of, you said, you've always been woke. You, Mm. you know, we've never had a guest on who said that. Yeah. Most people won't say they were born woke. They say that it was pain that got them there or a death or a near death experience. You said you've always been woke. So you were born with all of these things Mm -hmm. and all of these invisible illnesses. Like you've been struggling with this your whole life. This was stuff that was thrown at me and Shanna after our nervous systems were completely wrecked. And we had Mm -hmm. these insane, painful experiences that put us into being awake. Right. I think there's a lot of stigma around chronic illness. You know, somehow it's like our fault because of our lifestyle or something. But I think it's just such a testament that it can impact anyone. And you never know why until you kind of go in and find out. Like, that's one of the things that it's been very healing for me because it was always kind of like, like, what did I do (laughs) to make my body break down so much? And you kind of internalize that as like, it's my fault or something or because I Mm -hmm. wasn't doing yoga every day or <laughs> drinking kale smoothies or like broccoli bullshit, you know, <laughs> it's like, but yes, this is what I see a lot with star seeds. I see this literally all the time is that star seeds, our bodies can't handle earth shit. Yeah. And it's like knowing that is so healing. You know, you just talked about your own miracles mm-hmm. and your own invisible illnesses. You're out of a wheelchair. You're healthier you've given birth to children. Like, you, you know, you, you look healthy as shit. You're beautiful, like Thank physically, you. mentally, spiritually. What about 
through your workshops and what you do with clients, what miracles have you witnessed for them? Ooh, that's so good. One of the coolest I would consider a miracle that happens often is the quantum leap that happens literally within the container of a hypnosis session. I can't even explain it where, you know, somebody will come to me, they have this certain issue they need to work through. It could be an emotions-based thing, or it could be a physical thing as well, or a psychic thing even, right? And they come through and they're like, I've got this block, I have this pain, I have this thing, you know, and then it's like, literally through the course of a session, because we use, utilize our combined teams together. We have our, co- both my cosmic team, their cosmic team there. And so things get worked on unblocked, like the A to B, just the, that gap just completely closes. And it is just, it's the most wild thing to witness. Cause then they'll come back and they'll be like, oh my God, this fear has lifted or this pain has lifted or this energy channel is unblocked or my throat chakra is completely cleared. You know, it's just like, it's just, it's just wild because it's almost like psychic surgery in a way where it's like, because it happens in this theta brainwave state, which is kind of the science side of it. That's what it utilizes. That's where, you know, our higher self and our subconscious is really able to change in the course of two hours. And it's just kind of wild to witness. Do you believe, because I was listening to one of your Instagrams, which I love, by the way, I love your Instagram. You were talking about the different densities. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Which are also just dimensions, basically, right? The different dimensions. They're two different things. Is there a difference? Are they? Can you explain that? Well, think of dimension as a place. Density is a vibration or a frequency. Yeah. Okay. And this is something that I found, you know, just over time with experience like the higher vibration the more things you're tapping into like first you might see it say in a lower fourth dimension with like synchronicities right and then dreams and then it starts to like intensify as your frequency and vibration rises now you may be having mediumship or you know having these knowings or remembering where do you feel like the collective is right now. I mean, we are so, I don't know, it's really difficult to walk around the world and and see all the people who are nowhere near that. But then you do have people like you who just came into the world like this. I think of it as a collective. And of course, individuals are going to be different along the spectrum, but we are very individualistic, right? It's kind of all about me. It's not about the collective and the good of all, it's really more individualistic. You know, it's kind of like each civilization goes through this. It is kind of like the maturation of a society. So going from basically we're like teenagers right now who are maybe starting to like (laughs) become a little more normal, right? So that's what this mass awakening really is about. Embracing the collective and the good of all and the good of the whole planet as opposed to just our own personal needs. Mm -hmm. And so what happens then it's our ego begins to lighten, Mm -hmm. right? But our ego doesn't completely disappear. Our egos are not bad necessarily, right? So we still have individual identity, but also this group identity as well. We are in various stages of that, right? There are some people who, you know, are kind of still (laughs) deep in uh, third density and that's okay. That's where everybody's at. But you know, that's kind of what the star seeds are here to help with, right? The more high frequency yeah. souls are here, the more we are able to influence the people in our own spheres to help make this shift here. 
Can you call on help? Of course you can call on help through guides and stuff, but mm-hmm. physically, like we need more of you to be born. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's why, you know, I believe as far as children go, I mean, there's massive amounts here right now Me who are too. coming. Shannon and I believe that too. When go you ahead. die, do you go back to your original planet? Is that where you're going? I love this topic. This is a whole other topic. I have a client right now who she's just like the most amazing person to put under hypnosis because she has access to a lot of this information. Part of her consciousness is this other entity who works for the Federation. And so I've been able to ask a ton of questions to her about this. So it really, it really depends on what generation of starseed you are. Mm. There are four generations. It's different than the three waves of volunteers. So there's four generations of star seeds. Some of them have been here longer. Like I'm a fourth generation. We're kind of the newer ones. We're the ones that have maybe a little more problems. They're like where a lot of the children are. Kids who struggle with ADHD, autism, kind of like very, or physical issues, things like that. Those are going to be a lot of fourth gen people. And so basically I'm here until the shift happens, um, but we're hoping that that is within this lifetime that that will happen. Really? That's the information I've been getting. There are a lot of people talk about like, I don't know, like 2040 and 2059. I don't know. You know, I chosen not to like worry about stuff like that because actually anything that is worrisome or stressful just tends to take me out of my vibration really. And it's, I feel like it's just a distraction. So yeah, I I think it's good to not get caught up in, I think some people really want to know, it's like, okay, what's, what are the timelines of earth? When's it going to happen? But the information I've been seeing is that it's overwhelmingly going to be very, very positive. There's not going to be any sort of like mass destruction or anything like that. We will come close to potentially maybe blowing ourselves up or something, but we are going to put down the weapons and we are going to come together as a society and that we can trust that I keep getting this information. Like there's enough star seeds here. The deck is stacked. It's happening. Like it's going to be very, very positive when it does. You know, I feel the same way, but I'm going back to what Shanna just said. I feel like we all try to act like, you know, that whole saying uh, worries, negative prayer. Yeah. If we mm-hmm. didn't worry, we would never want to come up with this fucking solution to anything hmm. because the worry is what puts you into having to think about a solution for something. I think there's a way to explore options without getting trapped into the fear. Because as soon as we are getting sucked into the human, fear is a very human thing. Our brains are always going to go to fear. It's totally normal and natural. And we don't have to shame ourselves for that. But it's like we want to catch ourselves when we are going in this direction of fear. Well, and and I will tell you, it is absolutely terrifying right now that there's actual diagnosis out there for these younger generations Mm. that like worry about the world ending. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, there's truly a diagnosis for that. Like Shanna, do you remember who the guest was that we had? Oh, I'm so curious because I I would have been diagnosed with that. That was one of the things that I came in with. (laughs) Oh my God. My daughter's friend, it's something she struggles with almost at least twice a week. Do you remember who that was, Shanna? I mean, you're talking about like the climate grief. Yeah, it was climate grief. It was the world Mm. ending grief. It was all of that. Do you remember who that that guest was, I forget. I mean, the Starseed Revolution? No, it was the doctor. 
we had yeah, on the doctor actually... who wrote the Starseed book. Yes. Dr. Horowitz, uh, Starseed Revolution. There you go. Yes. Yeah, he's great. Have that book downstairs. God, you have such a good memory. For myself, what had been revealed to me was the unification of masculine, feminine energies. Mm. That being a huge part of the big shift that would actually yeah. ultimately happen is that unification. Some believe it's, mm. you know, the return of of the dove. Mm. Oh, yeah. So the way I think of it, this is maybe just a different lens to view it through is that we are entering a planetary cycle right now mm-hmm. that is more aligned with the divine feminine. There's the an Atl- Atlantean era and a Lemurian era on our planet. And these are these like masculine and feminine cycles. And so right now we are just entering back in 2012, we just entered this Lemurian cycle again, which is the the, the divine feminine cycle. It's kind of the return of that. Um, And so these cycles are about 13,000 years. There's a lot of great information. This isn't my original concept. It's from Lisa Royal Holt's book. It's the golden lake. If anybody wants to read it, but it's kind of marked by the rise and fall of these civilizations back 13,000 years ago. And so we've been in this Atlantean era for 13,000 years, which is more of this masculine, a time of separation of being asleep spiritually. And so now that we have entered this Lemurian cycle again, it's like now this window is open again for our own awakening as a planet. I love it. I mean, it seems like obvious that these younger generations, like your kids, our kids Mm -hmm. seem to have a better balance of that masculine feminine energy coming in. Yeah. I would definitely. Like a natural thing. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's what's creating this gender identity. Oh, oh, I have so much to say on that too. Okay. So I I have all these clients where I have examples of things like this. I have a client who her daughter is trans and we found out she is this extremely high vibrational Arcturian soul who's entered this little human body, right? And is struggling so much um, because in so many of these civilizations, there is no like gender it's masculine and and feminine are balanced they're completely balanced so there is no overt expression of either one of them literally every single person i take into hypnosis who channels this other past version of themselves or whatever whenever i ask are you female or male every single person says well neither there's both there you know it's like it's balanced you know i physically might be female i physically might be male but I don't feel one or the other because it is so balanced. And here on earth, it's just like completely polarized. So we are beginning to integrate that. I love that we've just been throwing crazy ass questions at you and we (laughs) switched the topic like 450 fucking times. Oh, I'm having a great time. (laughs) This is great. I can talk about this all day. It's hilarious. I mean, for our (laughs) listeners, we're just going to set the stage. Like we didn't have you on our calendar and then we had a fallout (laughs) and then we had you on our calendar you know? And so like, we definitely researched you. I listened to your podcast. Mm -hmm. The one I listened to is like the audio on the hypnosis wasn't good. So you had to, Oh, you listened to the one time I had an audio issue. No, it was fine. You you resubmitted it and it was (laughs) great, but you know, so we did our research, but very quickly in like one day, but it's been really fun because we've literally talked about so much shit today. It's insane. But what I was going to say was what about these kids right now? It's a big deal in our news too. They're identifying as cats and, 
all this shit like are, are they also confused are they like star seats that are like uh the i have no idea <laughs> i mean i really don't know i mean nothing surprises me anymore literally nothing surprises me so like my daughter are there lyrian cats <laughs> yes maybe yeah. i don't know they are. Because yeah. it's funny because like my so my daughter is also Lyran. We are in the same soul group and shared past yeah. life together. And so I shared a bit of that with her. You know, she's six. So it's kind of like, you know, you share it in a way that might make sense to them without giving away like too much information. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But so that her brain latched on to this like, oh, I'm from the planet of the cats. <laughs> and so now she runs around. Oh, shit. You better that- be careful, girl. <laughs> oh, my God. Where um, do we draw the fucking line? I mean, these kids are requesting to have cat litter boxes in the bathrooms of their fucking high school. I mean, where do we draw the line? Kind of like um, when I was studying Baphomet, who is the horned god. Many people might have seen him like on the devil card in the original trail. Mm. But people also have seen him probably in other places. And it's a long story. If you have any questions, go to my episode on Patreon on Baphomet. But the thing is, is that he really stands for equality. It's the balance of feminine and masculine, dark and light, as so below. I mean, they put these uh, statues of Baphomet out in like Arkansas and shit. And people are freaking out. And I can understand. <laughs> For fuck's sake, why did they put that shit in Arkansas? It seems like oh a my God. Can you not? I mean, nobody wanted it at their little park. I get it. it, is, is but, it wait, hold on. Is it like where the Clintons are from? Like, straight up in Little Rock. Um, yeah. Oh my God. The thing <laughs> is, okay, I don't worship Baphomet, but what I'm saying is that we have all of these ideas ideas because we're so conditioned on what certain things mean and that actually was a stand for religious freedom which this country is supposedly based on when I'll say it again this entire country was actually founded on Freemasonry which they won't tell you what they believe so go figure and <laughs> yeah it's just a religious freedom kind of I think stand not just you know, religious freedom, but also sex that. gender yeah politics all of it back to what you were saying and how you love this topic you know shanna's son is he has high functioning autism okay Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and we always talk about how there's so just so much soul and very little ego if any but i also think that they are more unified in that masculine and feminine energy absolutely yeah atypical is what ethan was labeled and i think that that is from just from what i've seen what i've encountered if you have a neurodivergent kid, that's like a big flag that you have a little star seed who is really, really, really powerful and is just yeah. going to need some extra support. Like my kids are neurodivergent too, and it's been <laughs> quite an interesting ride, but it's really learning how to partner with them and honoring and respecting them because yeah. they are more powerful than we even know. And they are here to be our teachers. Absolutely. Yeah. And guess what? They don't give a shit about math or English no. <laughs> or the bullshit history that the schools teach. This yeah. is not the kind of wisdom or gnosis that they have any need for. So yeah. it's really hard to put them in a system in a box. Absolutely. I just had this vision. You're going to write a children's book. I am going yes. to write a children's book. You should. Okay, oh, good. sorry. Let's no, I actually literally on. am. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll have you back on for that. We need that knowledge out there, but it has to be accessible. I, Like yes. I said earlier, we're talking, I mean, maybe people are listening and are like, what the fuck is she talking about? But I think we're talking pretty normal. I feel like yeah. people can understand <laughs> what we're talking about. I think, you know, it's, I think it's pretty accessible. Listening. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're well, just three moms that believe in <laughs> 
car seats. My God. Okay. Hold <laughs> yeah. on. Hold on. Not only that, but I don't know about your kids, but so my daughter has noticed the moon since she was six months oh, old. She would point. Yeah. You know, she was born in call. She was in the sack. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. She was also born out of a miracle. I had died. I was, you know, only oh not gosh. even a year out of my coma. I was so sick. I had to learn to rewalk and talk. She was a miracle. Like we've been trying for 11 years. It didn't happen. Anyways, Sloan, she's very special. I also knew her when she was born. I know, I already had met her somewhere oh, else. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But Sloan, these children are so obsessed with like the stars and the galaxy yeah. and the moon. Like just last night, me and her, I woke her up out of bed, you know, on a school night to go out and look at the moon. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. so beautiful. So I don't know if I'm crazy, but I'm envisioning you with this book that is going to teach these children about the galaxies, which they are already so intrigued with, and then letting them know about the star seeds. Yes. Yes. For me, it's what I wish I had when I was growing up because I'm, I'm a lot like kind of these kids that you're describing, you know, I was not neurotypical. Mm-hmm. I was, I just struggled. I was so sensitive. I felt so alien and didn't know why and felt like I had this big responsibility to help save this planet. And I was like, I don't know where the fuck this comes from, but it's, you know, I was just really, really, really struggling. Yeah. Like, I wish I had, if somebody had just told me like, yes, you are not like the other kids. That's, and that's okay. okay. And you are powerful, more powerful than you could even know. And your sensitivity oh. is not your biggest weak- weakness. It's your biggest strength. You know, yeah. I used to lay out on my trampoline and looking at the sky in the dark and, and, you know, those weird thoughts. I was in tune, but then it felt uncomfortable. So I did drugs and I drank and that felt mm-hmm. more comfortable to earth myself. <laughs> yes. And that's such a common journey that we go on as star seeds. And it was like, and I went through that too, right? It was like, it felt so much easier to just numb myself than to actually feel the depth of my feelings. And yeah, I feel like that, that today I still a lot. Yeah. And so coaching helped me a lot with that. But, you know, it's like, if I can translate some of those concepts that I've had to work through myself, put that into something that other kids can read, like how would that change? You know, I think about my daughter, you know, it's like- I'm the perfect mom for her because I can help her walk through this difficult path. That's all we can do. Dude, how cool are you as a mom? Frick. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think people probably think I'm pretty weird, but. (laughs) No, you're not weird. I mean, people probably think we're weird too, but who cares? Uh, Tell tell our listeners about your podcast. Yes. So uh, my podcast is called the Starseed Awakening Podcast. I play kind of a mixture of interviews and, or just me talking about stuff and hypnosis sessions for my practice, which is my favorite thing to share with people because it's just so magical and amazing. So, so yeah, you can listen to like some of these really, really interesting sessions with people who are discovering their own ET selves within. And it's just, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Can you tell our listeners where they can go and get their hypnosis, their star seat? Is it, is that what you're doing? You're bringing them back to intentionally discover where they're originally from? Yeah. People usually come to me first for a reading. I have this galactic heritage deck that I use to help kind of like parse out some of like maybe your soul's purpose, some of the common themes. It kind of helps people kind of maybe understand like, okay, yes, I am a star seed. Sometimes that leap can be a little bit like 
you know, I don't yeah. know if it's going to work for me or whatever. So, which is always interesting because what comes out in the cards always comes out in the session. So that's kind of what we do first. That's a opportunity to kind of like also just pick my brain, talk about your, any weird experiences you've had, like dreams, contact experiences, things like that. And so then we will do the reading usually first, and then you can apply that reading to a hypnosis session if you choose mm-hmm. to do hypnosis. Oh, and wow. So then, that's cool. Yeah. So then we do, because most people do <laughs> decide to do hypnosis anyway. So then we'll do hypnosis session together. I, I do single sessions. And then I also have like a bigger program where we really do that deep healing work. Doing one hypnosis session kind of opens up the door to <laughs> this whole Pandora's box. So then we just, we keep working together if, if that's something you want to do. Some people it's like one session's perfect. That's all they need. Some people it's like, all right, let's do the deep work now. Your website is the, the starseedawakener.com. That's where you can book everything. You can book it directly online. And then if you follow me on Instagram too, I do a thing on Tuesdays where people can ask questions. Like I'll do a little question box and you can ask me any of your like starseed questions or past life questions or any, anything at all. And so I answer those. Oh, so cool. I'm mostly I'll be there. I'm going to ask you every week. Perfect. <laughs> I get so many questions. Yeah. It's like my highlight of my week. And now it's time for Break That Shit Down. What's coming through for me is I just want everybody to know that you're not alone. Even though you might feel alone in this life, you're not. You are infinitely loved and supported. And you have a whole family out there that you might not, maybe you have, but probably haven't even met yet. And They're trying to reach you as you are trying to reach them. And all you have to do is reach out. They've been waiting to hear from you. And your life will be so much more enriched when you connect with your soul family in the stars. Those who have ears, let them hear. It feels good to, you know, have a cool, soulful conversation. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. This is awesome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for sharing like all that information. We threw some serious curveballs at you and went all over the place. <laughs> no, and it's you fun. Just I, I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. It's that cool cat in you. Yeah, right. <laughs> Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.